0: to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop here alongside Trey Colbeck and Adam Stewart. Welcome one and all to our live Week 11 CFL preview show here on the Canadian Football Countdown, episode number 168. Uh, Tonight, we're going to go through uh, some of the major storylines for each upcoming game, discuss the best CFL fantasy options available, and make our picks against the spread. We'll also take your comments. We'll take your questions. In our live chat throughout the night as well, all made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. You can learn more at facebook.com/slash GameTime TV MB. Hello to everybody joining us in the YouTube chat over on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and the Game Time TV YouTube page as well. Also, hello to everybody watching or listening after the fact. Uh, before I bring in the rest of the panel this evening, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota and Dene peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota and Métis Nation. Now, we did tease this week that uh, we uh, did have a special bonus episode coming out on Friday. We do apologize for the delay. Uh, Something did come up last minute, uh, and uh, we were not able to coordinate that for today after all. So if you are here for the live announcement of that today, unfortunately, it is being rescheduled. But stay tuned. We do have an awesome guest, hopefully joining us here on the podcast in the very near future but that being said we've got a fun night of football talk ahead of us here still always happy to be here with you two guys let's bring them in here first it's the great
1: trey Kolbeck. trey how
0: are you doing tonight
1: fantastic guys uh disappointed about our thing or our, our, our potential guest, but due time I'm in due time i'm sure we'll have the opportunity again and uh mention it to you guys but mention it to the fans Madden 23 comes out tomorrow night. So if you don't hear from me over the weekend, I promise I'm okay. But, I'll, uh, just maybe some, maybe a Red Bull coma or something. But other than that, I'm doing great. Adam, what about you? You know, I
2: might, uh, might be in the same place here pretty soon, even though I have a field to combine and things to get ready. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, exciting that we get to go and talk some more CFL football this week. Uh, and of course, yeah, our special guest didn't quite work out the way we thought it might have. Uh, unfortunately, he got probably real busy. But you know what? I'm glad to be here. We can still get to talk some CFL football. And even Trey, he's wearing the right jersey tonight. Of course, six one for the Blue Jays tonight. All good.
0: Right on. Yes, uh, fun night ahead of us. Uh, of course, here on the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by Betstamp. Uh, there are so many different sports books out there these days. Each one offers you different prices on the same games. How do you ensure you're getting the best value? Well, Betstamp provides you the info at no additional cost. You simply pull up the game on the Betstamp app. You can take a look at all of the different odds, different point spreads available to you. Helps you place the bet that will maximize the return for it, the pick you're making. And if you find some odds you like, you can sign up directly for them and make a bet uh, by going through the Betstamp bet link page. Uh, if you want extra insight on your wagers, you can also take a look at the commission-free bet stamp marketplace. Uh, you can see uh, who other pits are picking in each CFL game, many other sports as well. You can follow us on there. At the, just search CF Countdown Pod to see our consensus picks that we'll be making later on in the show here today. You can also see Trey's record, our resident betting expert, Trey CF Countdown, I believe, username there. So uh, go check that all out. And through the verified bet tracking uh, feature, you get the guarantee that the other that the odds that we're betting on are verified and legitimate. Visit Betstamp.app or download it from your local app store for free. Sign up with referral code CFC to let them know we sent you, and uh, start tracking your bets. Best of luck with your wagers, and remember, always bet responsibly. So. Without further ado, we've got four games on the schedule again for this week. So uh, let's hand it over to Adam here to uh, tell us uh, what the major storylines are.
2: Yeah, well, hey, we're going to be starting up tomorrow night with the Edmonton Elks uh, going out to Ottawa to the nation's capital to face the Ottawa Red Blacks. This game here, I'm going to make it very... We're going to try to get this going a little bit quicker for storyline. Ryan didn't go and shoot me over in the back of the... uh, uh, thing last time so i'm going to try to get through these a little bit quicker so what we've done is each guy's going to grab a storyline we're going to talk about it so i'm going to be the gracious host and let these guys go first uh ryan what are you looking forward to in the elks and the red blocks this week
0: yeah, the major thing I'm looking forward to in this one uh, from the Ottawa side is that uh, they had a rough go. Caleb Evans had a brutal game right before the bye week against Calgary Stampeders. Now they seem to have a good ske- you know progress going for them a few weeks before that. Seemed like maybe they were trending in the right direction there, uh, but then it was a rough go against Calgary. Now they've had the bye week. Now they come back out against Edmonton, a team that they beat a couple of times last season. So... That's the major thing I'm looking at is how they respond, especially Caleb Evans here is is the main thing I'm looking at on the Ottawa side of things uh, in this one. And uh, especially, you know, what are they going to do? William Powell out of the lineup with an injury here, I believe, uh, for them, a couple other injuries, RJ Harris as well. So, uh, you know, other guys are going to have to step up in the lineup. And uh, that was a chance for them. It's a tight East division. So, uh, I I think there's just as much of a chance as any for Ottawa to get back into things. And it's, uh, it's got to start with a win coming out of the bye week over Edmonton is what I'm looking at here. Uh, Trey.
1: <clears throat> I'm going to call this game, the who can tank for Curtis work bowl or something like that. Cause this is oh, wait, Oh wait, he's not draft eligible until 24. So a little early, but you know, this is kind of the battle for the first overall draft pick. It looks like, and you know, I, I Edmonton, I don't know, both teams really need a win, but I think Edmonton needs one a little more because the East seems to be a little tighter uh, and Edmonton's falling apart, uh, falling away from the top three for sure and Saskatchewan could always, you know, they could sweep manageable Labor Day and I'm doing some stupid bet that I lost to Adam on the show in a few weeks pretty easily. So, you know, Edmonton's really got to turn things around, but so does Ottawa. We've been, you know, a lot of people talk all already first 11 weeks about Lapo. so, you know, how much longer is he going to go into this second half? So that's, I think I really want to see Lapo do something here to show, him, no, I'm a head coach. We, you know, yeah, we're going to beat the other worst team in the league, but at least we got to win.
2: And what I'm looking forward to this week is to see if there's some more consistency built by the Edmonton Elks. They had a little bit last week against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Kenny Lawler had some good plays. Uh, Taylor Cornelius actually was kind of beating the Rough Riders with his feet, which was something we haven't seen very much. And the defense even seemed to have a few moments where they were getting a little bit of pressure on a three-man front on Cody Fishardo, like I said earlier this week in the uh, uh recap episode. But you know, I'm just looking for Edmonton to maybe keep that same roster, try to build on some things, and start to look at what you're maybe gonna do for the future. Maybe it's not this year, and because now the riders have that season series on you, it's pretty tough for you to come back on this. But I'm really wanting to see some more consistency out of the Edmonton Elks. And one thing that I really know that they need to do to be more consistent is to get rid of the penalties. You can't go and give yourself 130 plus yards of penalties and expect to win a football game. It's as simple as that. So with more uh, time in there, with more, uh, again, with more players that have been playing together, hopefully those penalties start to drop. Although Ryan, I know you did say in our chat earlier last week, it's Chris Jones. It's going to be penalties. So yeah,
0: yeah, Chris Jones, like you never know what you're going to get
2: with him. Right.
0: Which is, makes for a fun football game to watch, especially when you like seeing Chris Jones fail.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, uh So we're going to move on to the next game here again. We're going to be doing rapid fire more for these uh, previews just because we got to get through these a little bit quicker. But in the meantime, I'm also going to try to answer some of your chat questions a little bit better. Like the one that Richard gave us, uh, his question was, I'm wondering if you guys think that it was better for the league to have Winnipeg being undefeated, or is it better that one team doesn't run away with the season? Uh, Trey, why don't you answer that one first?
1: From a league-wide perception, I guess it's better that they lost, keep it tight. And we can say all we want about the crappy East, but it's a tight division, right? So it's going to lead for an exciting last few weeks of how things will sit. And the top of the West is shaping up like that too. But if Winnipeg took off with it, yeah, gets a little space in between BC and Calgary. Might not be as exciting. But from a Winnipeg standpoint or any individual fan base, I think uh, undefeated would have been better. But no, season-wide, I think it's better they didn't. Ryan?
0: Yeah, to me, it I mean, you might get a little more new fan interest or a little more publicity, right, across uh, the country and maybe down in the States as well, if, uh, if you have this team all of a sudden going on this undefeated run. But uh, chances are they weren't going to go undefeated eventually. I would almost rather have a team step up and pull off a big w- upset win over them in the middle of the season here than it be... All the starters are rested in week 17, 18, or I guess 19, 20 or whatever. And uh, the the perfect season is broken by, you know, the starters resting at that point. I don't think it was going to be feasible. So I, I'm kind of happy it happened here. And like I said on a recap show the other day, I'm happy it happened in the most chaotic way because that's the true notable entertainment here, right? Is that uh, you lose your undefeated streak against the team with only a couple wins on the season by missing a last second kick going to overtime and then hitting one off the upright. Like you can't make that up and that's entertainment gold. And uh, I'm happy it worked out the way it did.
2: You know, what I always see is most teams that end up winning a gray cup always have that mid season adversity somewhere. 2013 it happened with the Rough Riders. Corey Sheets was out for a little while. Uh, in 2019, the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bars really were kind of in that middle 500 piece until all of a sudden Zach Calaro shows up out of nowhere and wins him a great cup. So I think a team really needs that ad, uh, adversary to be a really, really good team. And a team that could work through that will definitely be going into there as well. Uh, as a league wide perception, eh, you know what? It's fun for fans to watch and say, can a team finally pull off a, uh, perfect season. But to me, I think as a, uh, as a t- fan of the team, no, I'm not a Bonner fan, but I'll tell you right now, it's gonna help the bombers in the long run because now they know that hey, we're not perfect. We gotta work on stuff and we gotta to continue to work on stuff to get it better. So, anyways, let's move on to Friday night football here. This is the uh game. I don't know if I'd call this one the game of the week. I will because you know I drink the green Kool-Aid. It's the BC Lions at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders round two. Uh, guys. What are we looking forward to seeing on Friday Night Football? Trey, how about we go with you first on this one?
1: Well, I'm going to steal it from Ryan. We, I'm looking forward to Nathan Rourke. Uh, looking at his stats, he's uh, 450 yards passing higher than the second leader. He's got two less games played. He's at t- uh, 2,900 at eight games, and Caleros is at just shy of 2,500 at 10 games. That's insane. Um, I, I want to see if that continues. I want to see if one thing I was saying in the group chat is, you know, he's played very well against Western team or Eastern team story and Edmonton, but he hasn't, you know, yeah, he won against Calgary, but it needed a late second, you know, second half comeback. Hasn't beat Winnipeg. Is this going to be the same thing as that? So that's what I want to see. This is one of those games we're going to talk about maybe at the end of the year when, uh, Ryan has his uh, Hall of Fame ceremonial set up. This is the discussion we'll be having. Uh, did he beat enough of the good teams this year to really crown him uh, a- uh, HOF first year, Ryan? <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah,
0: you know, everybody's waiting for this moment that the, the Nathan Rourke show comes crashing down, it almost seems like. And week after week, there's a true test, and uh, it seems. And uh, they pass with flying colors. Like, BC is on a roll right now. So, as I mean, the main thing I like to watch all the time in these games is can they keep it going at the insane pace they are? Can we get a third straight 400-yard passing game? I sure hope so. I know Adam doesn't uh, as a Riders fan on the other side of the matchup. But to me, the more intriguing thing is how, how as Adam drinks from his Riders Cup, uh, the comedic visual timing. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast episodes, you're missing out on that uh, if you're not watching the live video. Uh, you know, the thing to me is I'm more interested in actually Saskatchewan here, how they, how they perform in this one. They've had a couple games this year at Edmonton last week was another one where it was just sloppy play most of the way through the offensive line. Wasn't doing a whole lot. BC is up there in terms of one of the better defenses in the league as well. So to me, it's the intrigue of, uh, how does Cody Fajardo respond last week? He, he was using his legs, which is encouraging given the injury, but his passing game just wasn't there. I think Jamal Morrow is actually a player I'm most intrigued to watch because it seems like his production's almost dried up a little bit the last couple of weeks. So uh, for the Riders, I'm I'm looking at you know what can they do here to shore up the inconsistencies that we've seen for most of the game, and can they play the same type of game that they do in the final five minutes? Seemingly the whole way through, because if they do, I think they've got a very good shot at this.
2: You know what I'm going to be looking forward to is the return of a few players this week for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Garrett Marino is off a suspension. Let's hope that he can keep it well within the rule book of the CFL and can play a very good game if he can. And I know he can play good uh, football. He's a good defensive lineman, but he just got to play within the rules. Uh, We've also probably got back, Uh, Pete Robertson over on the other side of the football could make it fun for Nathan Rourke. He hasn't faced quite that much adversity besides Winnipeg and Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat. So this could be Saskatchewan's version of that. I'd be interested to see what happens. Uh, Looks like AC Leonard will be possibly also back. He's been practicing all week. Uh, He might just be playing this game. We'll see what happens with that as well. I know last week, I believe we said he was moving over to the six-game injured list. Seems like Saskatchewan maybe had a change of mind on that one. So we'll see what happens. The other game thing that I'm looking forward into this one is, again, can the Rough Riders contain, uh, contain Nathan Rourke? That's why I've been bringing up the defensive line. Last week, Taylor Cornelius, who is a guy that cannot, that doesn't usually rush the football, was rushing the football on Saskatchewan. That'll be interesting to see. The other part that I'm looking forward to seeing on this one is can, they did have a change up this week. I know Trey had to make sure that he reminded me of this. Uh, Natai Rogers and Jacob Proll were both released by the Rough Riders this week. Natai Rogers, 14 uh, penalties in nine games, just way too many penalties. And I hope that sends a message to this team that, hey, you've got to stop taking these uh, penalties when they really count. Again, holding has been one for Saskatchewan. It's been a thorn in their foot probably for at least two years now. Uh, With that being said, we're gonna move on to the next game. Uh, But first I'm just gonna say one, a couple of comments. I'll just read them out here. Uh, Chris says that the Rough Riders will probably have a 20 point lead and then Nathan Rourke will have a huge comeback in the fourth to win. Chris, I hope you can never be more wrong than that, but it happened last time. Uh, Richard over in the chat the last time that they played BC they didn't show up in the second half BC didn't show up for the first half so I'd like to see who puts a full 60 minutes in absolutely that's a good one to uh, talk about too I think that yeah if Nathan Rourke can put in a full 60 minutes this game's going to be a blowout if the Riders can finally put a full 60 minutes in I think it'll be a closer game but the Riders should win it then so it just depends who gets 60 minutes in here and uh, Chris also says They have like seven points made up uh, from a field goal, a safety, and a rouge. Yeah, it happens. But uh, they still count no matter what. So you know what? I'll take it. Let's move on to the next game here. Uh, Mike's uh, also in the chat I see tonight. Uh, Riders over the Lions in the weekly upset special. Man, Mike, I never heard you say such compliments about my Rough Riders for a very long time. I'll uh, note the date and the time and write that one down in the book. In the meantime, we've got another game to talk about. This one's the first half of a doubleheader Saturday, I believe. Uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are taking on the Montreal Alouettes over in Percival Bolson Stadium. Guys, uh, Ryan, we're going with you first. What's the storyline that you're looking forward to in this one this week? Well, the
0: Montreal Alouettes are coming off a pretty darn big victory here over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Is the... You know, a division where where really any wins you can get against the West are going to help you propel you up the standings, but you still got to win those ones in the, the close division matchups here too, right? So the big thing is, uh, how does Montreal replicate the defensive effort they put up last week? I want to see them run that same Noel Thorpe uh, defensive special we saw that game where where they loaded up in the box. They sent the blitz all night and that caused havoc on, on Zach Coeros and a very good Winnipeg offensive line. Now, you know, you have, uh, you have, uh, Hamilton on the other side of this with the offensive line, uh, that I don't think is necessarily up there as one of the better ones. So if Mike Moore and co can get home for a couple of sacks, especially on potentially former teammate, Matt Schiltz, who, uh, could get a second straight start here with uh, with uh, Dane Evans still being a little bit nicked up you know there there is potential for a good game here for the Alouettes Um, on the Hamilton side of things for me it's uh, can they play again much like Saskatchewan can they play a full 60 minute effort because they pulled it out over the Argos with a big fourth quarter comeback last game but can they do that time and time again this is a team that's seemingly missing a lot of pieces due to injury right now. They might be getting some of them back, but uh, the depth here is uh, is being tested for, for Hamilton. So uh, I want to see them be able to next man up, as Trey says, uh, rise to the occasion. Uh, what are you guys, uh, what are you looking at here for this
1: game, Trey? You know, I- I'm going to call this one the game of the week and maybe not based off of entertainment value, but standings and importance, right? They're tied. And later on Saturday, you have Toronto, the team you're trying to catch play Calgary, who I don't know if Bo is going to let himself get embarrassed twice like that. Right. So it's a big game here and it goes long for the tie break. It gives you a little bit of edge here. And, and you have a Hamilton who has what two more against Toronto after this. Right. So I'm looking more from the, from a little bit step back view. And you know, yeah, a lot could go on in the game, but I think the, the, the grander chess game here is a big one. You need to. Uh, I even liked. Was it last week when Dinwiddie kicked that last second field goal just for points, kind of thing? Like you know, you start. You're, I think you're going to start seeing some of that stuff in this East right now, where you maybe you know a little bit of salt rubbing or a little bit of extra points. Hey, it's football. Play the full forty minutes, right? But um, I'm i uh, I'm liking the Owls in this one, and it, it's you know they're coming off a big win. In IG field against you know the undefeated team at the time and Hamilton quite I don't feel is getting things going so and they you know they've been banged up with the uh, with the Southern Ontario battle there so I think it's gonna be a good one I think this will be a nail biter and we'll talk about it later with the betting you know very interesting lines this week and this is another one that I find interesting but I'm leaning towards Montreal
2: yeah no this is a huge game like Richard just said in the chat uh, this one here pretty much could almost determine who maybe gets third place, who gets second place. And the way this league is going this year, third place is definitely not a guarantee for a playoff squad right now, the way the East is going. So to me, you look at these two teams and one has been banged up for quite a while, has just kind of won a game, lost a game, won a game, lost a couple games. And the other team, I just seen them beat the defending two time defending great cup champions i got to pick the two-time defending Great Cup champion uh, beaters to possibly win this one here. I think they're more healthy to begin with. And in that case, I hope that the uh, Tiger Cats can make a game of this. I just don't know right now what exactly to think on the East. Like Trey always says, the East is so hard to decide. Uh, it's just uh, going to be difficult to say which team can win, or really win this one here. I am looking forward also to hearing the Montreal fans. I hope they get out there. I know that Gary Stern is doing and rallying his, his troops and trying to get all of his uh, guys out to try out some poutine and win this game here in Montreal. Uh, so, yeah, bring out your horns, make the game loud, and... Uh, Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, bring the horns. Why not? It's all fun with those. So um, I'll be watching this game on mute. <laughs> Well, you know, you can always add in the play-by-play afterwards, I suppose, or make yeah. your own if you really want to have fun with it. Well, but, one, uh, quick th- one
0: quick thing I want to mention here on this game when you're talking about Montreal, the thing I, I am truly watching besides the defense from their standpoint, because I don't know if I'll get into this later when we talk fantasy, is have we started to see the resurgence of Jake Winicky, who seemed to get a couple key catches last game for Montreal, Uh, He's had a really down year. He looked good last game. I want to know if Montreal is going to try to go back to him to revisit that chemistry because that would be a huge difference for their team to get him going again.
1: I want to say no because I dropped him on fantasy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Chris in the chat also goes and says, I think the Owls are the dark horse team right now in the East. Just an opinion. Uh, Quick comment from Yichi on that one there. Uh, are the Alouettes the dark horse or they kind of getting exposed a little bit that they are probably a pretty good team uh, in the East, Uh, Ryan? Can you have a dark horse
0: if they're all the same color because they're all neck and neck in the standings? Like, I I don't think you can have a dark horse when you don't even, I mean, we should, uh, I shouldn't be the one answering this. Really our resident horse expert here should uh, uh, Trey, Surely you can't really have a dark horse when there's nobody in front of the pack. Right.
1: Uh, I'll call them dark mules, those dark rented mules. You know what I mean? And then you can, that's what I'll call them, not a horse. But uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know if anything, yeah, with the three teams all being lined up, I guess technically the Ottawa would be the dark course with the chance. I think, yeah, Montreal's in that third spot. So if you want to consider them out of the playoff race technically, then fine. But honestly, we can talk about the next game later, Calgary, Toronto, like, it, it, Toronto's almost in a big win situation there too with these two teams. One of these two teams have to, well, they don't have to win, I guess. It could be a tie. Oh God, there's a tie. Oh, the math experts are going to go crazy on that. I don't, I'm not good at math. I can't do that standings at the end of the year, but you know, it's a big game. I, I love it, but yeah, <laughs> there used to be donkey. Donkey races are the best, man. They're the best.
2: I never seen a donkey race in my life, Trey. And I, now I want to see one. So, you know, organize that for the new Winnipeg, Uh, guys.
1: I have a link. I'll find the link.
2: Uh, You got to send me that. I got to see that later on. Uh, Anyways, moving on uh, to the next game or the last game of the week here. This is the Calgary Stampeders traveling out to Toronto uh, to take on the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, I guess storylines in this game here, just for the fun of it, I'll go first on this one. Andrew Harris is a huge story going into this one. And well, going to be the lack there of Andrew Harris. He is now, uh, as per Na- Dave Naylor, I haven't seen any official report yet from the Toronto Argonauts, but Dave Naylor of TSN has reported that it is a season ending injury for Andrew Harris and will be out this whole season. Absolutely devastating for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, of course, when there's one guy goes down, another guy gets an opportunity. A.J. Ouellette will probably get the start, I would presume, for the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I Probably will talk a little bit more about him later on, especially with Ryan around here doing fantasy. But, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see how A.J. Ouellette does this week up against the Stampeders, who's usually pretty good against the run game. And also, again, we've got Ryan Diddy's, Didwitty's offense. We don't know what in the world he's ever going to do. Uh, he's becoming the new, uh, it's going to be Ryan Moss pretty soon, if he keeps this up. Uh, Ryan, what's your storyline for this game?
0: Well, yeah, I'm very intrigued as well to see uh, which, of the, which of the backups are going to be, uh, you know, coming in here and taking the reins over the next couple of weeks, uh, whether it's uh, uh, AJ Olette, whether it's Daniel Edibaboye, Uh I, I just really like it uh, to, you know, flex any uh, possible moment where I can uh, nail the last name on that one. Um, I hope I did actually, if not, that's embarrassing. Um, you know, I'm excited to see either of them get a shot to run here, but the thing I want to talk about from this game, from the Argos perspective is, uh, something our our good friend, Ben Grant over at X's and Argos brought up on Twitter this week, which is, you know, everybody's been giving so much flack to McLeod Bethel Thompson. People want McLeod Bethel Thompson replaced in Toronto. They blame him most of anybody for the struggles they've had. Well, uh, as Ben said on Twitter, uh, you know, he's top three in completion percentage, passing yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, QB efficiency, uh, interception percentage this season among quarterbacks. Like, Bethel Thompson has been having himself a pretty solid season. I think the team as a whole has had some issues, which, uh, you know, has led to their iffy record, their inconsistency here. But... Uh, I don't think he's had a bad season. I agree with this wholeheartedly. You know, Nathan Rourke's clearly the number one quarterback so far this year. Uh, Zach Caleros is having a pretty good season as well. But there's really not anybody else who stands out to you. Like like Cody Fajardo's had a down year and he's been facing injury. Like Edmonton, uh, you know, the quarterback situation there is a little bit messy. Uh, you know, you go through Calgary, Bo Levi Mitchell has had a down season. uh, Maybe I'll chime in on him in a bit after you guys weigh in on the Argos here super quick. Um, You know, out east, it's been a mess there as well. Montreal has gone through a couple quarterbacks. Hamilton's gone through a couple quarterbacks. Ottawa as well. Everybody's been injured or everybody's been just playing underwhelming football. So uh, for the people in Toronto or elsewhere that want McLeod Bethel-Thompson to be replaced, Go out and show me who could possibly be better, right? Like, who who are they going to bring in that's better? I, I think he's the guy, and I, I'm looking forward to him uh, having another shot this week to prove it. And uh, I am assuming you're not laughing at what I'm saying. I'm assuming Trey sent the link about the <laughs> the donkey races.
2: I don't need to watch Shrek anymore. I've got donkey races. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Trey, what's your points this week for the uh, Peters and the Argos?
1: Well, this is a, could you touch... Yeah, like, Bethel Thompson, would, would we call him the halfway M- Eastern MOP right now? Like, who's close to him? Like, I was kind of leaning towards Harris, but not anymore. And and unless there's some defensive standout or specialties, which I can't think of, like, he's he's going to probably... At this point, I would give him the Eastern MOP, and Western MOP is, well, of course... Uh, uh, Mc, uh, I was gonna say McJesus, but that's Big David uh, Nathan Rourke, and um, and um, and then he's gonna win it at this point. Probably MOP and MOC, he should get both, honestly. But so it's a weird game, you know. This is a game, like I said, one of those teams and the other game has to win, but the other one has to lose too. So Toronto has a chance to get uh, a little bit more separation on the third place team and potentially Ottawa. Um, so. Uh, they need to run it. It's whoever their backup is, is it that Olette? I believe? Yeah, okay. You got to give him the ball. Try to get Speedy B in if he's in the lineup. Uh, you know, run. How are you going to dominate the line here? And Calgary, just don't blow a 20-point lead and lose to a last-second field goal. And uh, But if you do, cover the spread. Cover the spread for me. That's all I ask.
2: You know, I just want to bring a quick little point also on Calgary here. Uh, Kadim Carey uh, still is possibly injured this week, uh, just to keep that in mind as well. As well, also, uh, their main uh, uh, receiver so far this year, uh, Malik Henry, also on the uh, limited slash did not practice in one game this week, uh, practice this week. So just keep that in mind with Calgary as well. They do have some injuries popping up. I don't know if it'll really affect them that much. I mean, it is the Argonauts, although the Argonauts can just turn it on at any time. And I think last week was what uh good uh McLeod Bethel Thompson. I can't remember. We have to make a little diagram here so we know when it is good Macbeth, what is bad Macbeth. So that way there we know what's going on here. Because uh I think this is the week of bad Macbeth, unfortunately, for the uh, Toronto Argonauts. Hopefully uh he'll be okay. But uh we'll see how it goes. I just want to weigh in
0: on the on the Calgary side because you mentioned the the injuries there for them, right? That was the big thing that changed things around in that second half against BC, where I think they lost like two or three of their starting receivers due to injury going into the second half there. And Calgary's always been heralded as a team that seems to find the uh, do, you know, find the diamonds in the rough at pretty much any position, especially wide receiver. They have guys come out of nowhere and be huge playmakers. I think that's going to, especially if they're out again here, I think that's going to be tested. We saw flashes of Sean Bain last season. Well, he came in was the big go-to guy last week for Calgary, right? And so, you know, Jalen uh, have has potentially a chance to step in if he's ready to go in this one. So, uh, yeah, you know, maybe miss a couple pieces due to injury, but next man up, and, and Calgary's historically a, a group that can do that, but they're going to need to with a, a pretty thin receiving core there with people banged up.
2: Yeah, thin receiving core. And also don't forget that linebacking core is just as thin. Uh, Jameer Thurman is still kind of banged up. uh, And Trey Robertson is gone for the season. So there's pieces missing all over the place. I mean, yes, they got Cam Judge there, which is a big help. But he needs somebody on his other side to help him out as well. Uh, Otherwise, he's just a guy kind of there. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Calgary has enough depth for this. I think they do. I mean, let's face it. Between Huffnagle and Dickinson, they know what they've got and they know how to build a team. Uh, There's a reason why they were considered a Belichick kind of team for a long time in the CFL and uh, go from there. Uh, Like Richard said in the chat, though, you know what? Toronto did beat Saskatchewan twice. There's an opportunity there for them to come in, play a great game against Calgary and win this one. You never know what can happen until you play the game. you got to play the game to find out what's going to happen. So with that being said, I shaved enough time that Ryan will chastise me this week and we'll move on to Ryan's fantasy picks for week 11 or 12.
0: I'm very impressed here, Adam. That was a a very tight runtime on these. And I think we still covered a lot of ground, but let us know, uh, let us know in the comments, let us know on social media. What do you think of the condensed storyline segment there? Do you still feel like you're getting all the info out of it? Uh, as we move along to talk a little uh, CFL fantasy here this week, of course, uh, we're all playing in the CFL podcast fantasy league, the three of us uh, looking to make our way to the playoffs as we, you know, get down to the, the final what six, seven weeks left before playoff time uh, matchups this week, I am playing Superfan Mike of the turf district. I'm very scared because I've been playing in this league for a couple of years now. I've never beaten Superfan Mike in a fantasy matchup. I, I finished near the top of the standings every season, but he's the one guy. He, S- Superman has his kryptonite. Superfan is my kryptonite. So I got to come up with a big performance here this week to pull out the win Uh, Who do you guys have for matchups this week? Uh, Does anybody know off the top of their heads or I can, uh, I can. No, I've
2: got mine all lined up. Uh, I've got uh, Travis Kerr, the two and out CFL podcast. And if anybody ever uh, knows me before this podcast, two and out was actually the first podcast that I was ever on. So I guess it's a little bit of the student trying to take on the master. And unfortunately I decided to open my mouth up a little too much on Twitter and uh made a bet with uh Travis that the next time he's out this way, we'll go for Chinese food. Loser has to buy. And if you know both me and Travis, that could be a pretty expensive proposition. So nevertheless, we'll see how this goes. Uh yeah, I need some help though, guys, to make sure I got a great lineup because uh I really don't want to lose that bet. Trey,
1: who do you got? I have the Argos fan cast. Uh yeah, looking forward to this. Like I We're all clustered up there, man, two to eight, two to nine are all within a half a game in the stupid uh, odd team league. So the buys are really throwing me off. And and I think I might buy last week, too. So I'm going to I have no games in hand. So I'm trying to play catch up here, but I'm looking forward to it. We, uh, Yeah, interesting week uh, with the two Friday and two Saturday games, an extra day to think about things, but also an extra day with no depth charts. Right, Ryan? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of nice, though,
0: then to have the depth charts condensed into those two days, right?
1: So you're not like picking something for the
0: Thursday game and then you got a long way till sometimes it's like a Sunday game after that. Um, but in terms of, so that's our, uh, our weekly set your lineup uh, fantasy there. We also have our season long fantasy league that the three of us and our friend Mike uh, are in as well. And we had some interesting developments this week. Uh a lot of trades have been thrown around, trade proposals. Uh Trey has disappeared off the screen. Uh maybe in shame. We'll find out. Uh, um we've had uh we've had a lot of trade proposals thrown around left and right over the past number of weeks. And uh let me put on my my best Gary Bettman impression here for y'all. Please nobody boo. Um we have a trade to announce, and this trade is between one. Team Trey and one Team Mike. Uh, This trade took place uh, officially Tuesday afternoon at 3.42 p.m. Central uh, time in Winnipeg. I think the timing is uh, of note here. Um, Let's see, Team Mike receives from Team Trey uh, quarterback Zach Coleros and Canadian running back Brady Oliveira. And in return, Team Trey receives uh, quarterback Trevor Harris Uh, Wide receiver Reggie Bagleton, and uh, running back Andrew Harris. Now, of course, as we talked about in the Argos segment, (laughs) unfortunately, Andrew Harris has now since then been ruled out for the season. Um, We do have a statement from Team Mike, uh, provided a written statement earlier today saying... Uh, This is a trade that helps Team Gerald address some weaknesses on the roster in the hopes
1: of taking a run for a
0: championship. And uh, now we go live to uh, Team Trey for the live reaction.
1: Uh, Man, my only comment is the one sitting in our group chat, and it's not safe enough for the podcast. So Mike knows what it is. Uh, Buy me dinner next time, buddy. Buy me dinner first. That's all I got to say.
2: Hey, I'm just loving the booze in the podcast uh, and the comments. I mean, they got the Gary Bentman impression right down to really great.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling it, guys. I'm feeling it. I love it. Uh, we did have some additional moves here. Uh, first of all, Trey, maybe explain your reasoning on the Andrew Harris trade. Because uh, I think you have some decent, solid reasoning there.
1: No, because I thought, um, like I said, I thought he was about five, six weeks. So I'd have him for the end of the season. And, like I was saying earlier, maybe Bethel Thompson's the Eastern MOP. Like, who else are you going to maybe put up there, you know, reigning uh, Great Cup uh, MOP and stuff like that. So, you know, I was thinking about that. And then if we're a keeper league and he decided to come back next year, maybe, I have, like I said, I got rid of everyone else good. He might be the guy I keep. We have to have a Canadian. We have to have two Canadians on the roster with one starter. So I thought, hey, eh, even if he shows up next year and it's just a backup in Toronto, he's a Canadian that I didn't have to waste a draft pick on. And I can go, uh, yeah, go elsewhere. You know, it wasn't a bad idea. And again, I'm just looking for uh, Curtis, uh, Curtis Rourke. I just want the first overall pick. He's going to be added to my negotiation list. And, uh, or maybe I'll talk to our buddy, Brandon. I'll talk to our buddy, Brandon next year. And I'll get a little bit of scoop on some of these college guys. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Brandon, for coming on the show, like four weeks into the season. And you couldn't help me out before this, buddy. But (laughs) it's great to have a guy like that in in the wing. So I'll be in his DM, sure, soon here. Yeah, uh,
0: Richard in the the YouTube chat says, we all make mistakes. Watch Trevor Harris light the world on fire. It's possible. Uh, And there's a long way to go. You still have time to catch up here, Trey. Anything can happen. Of course, a couple other moves made this week. Mike did add Javon Katoy to his roster. Uh, He had an empty uh, spot at wide receiver after uh, trading away Reggie Bagleton. And uh, Trey uh, did move Andrew Harris to the injured reserve and added uh, Canadian running back Jesh Renantui, who had a solid week last week in fantasy. Now let's take a look at the fantasy options available to pick from this week if you're playing the official CFL fantasy game and taking a look at uh, options to fit in. Uh, Chris in the chat says Dark Horse Team. There you go. Uh, We were just talking about Dark Horse Teams. Uh, You got this, Trey. I believe in you. Uh, By the way, I also, before we want to move on, I do want to mention that these the rest of the guys have gotten so fed up with Nathan Rourke and uh his appearance on my fantasy team that I have been called out on whether or not he counts as one of my as a starting Canadian because quarterbacks don't. So uh, you know, when you win, people start accusing you of cheating. I get it, you know, whatever. Um, I'm over it. I will uh I will start a second Canadian and still kick all of you. Just just
1: to spite you, just, just full note, I have no complaint. I had no complaint. We just had one complaint, uh, or the cat. Oh, this way, this guy right there.
2: Hey, you can't blame me. I mean, I'm trying to get back into this contest, and I <laughs> still think if here. this was properly done, that the commissioner would immediately pull Nathan Burke <laughs> from his lineup and not play him anymore. Just because yeah, that's not violating the rules so for how long? Hey. <laughs> I'll, I'll, play, I'll play a second
0: Canadian.
1: Just straight shots, man. Oh, if you did it proper at the beginning, we wouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> Best fifth round draft pick ever.
1: That's uh, all I gotta people, say. Yeah. Oh man, we don't deserve to be on the podcast. No, Matt.
2: no. <laughs> that's like that's like on that
1: old... note. Let's talk fantasy.
0: <laughs> oh man. All that
2: time that I saved in uh, the uh, reviews. Well, <laughs>
0: It's out the window now. We, we have, The people had to know that uh, I was I was under fire here, but uh, but uh, I'll, I'll keep picking up. I'll keep racking up those wins, and y'all can come talk to me at the end of the season uh, when I start two Canadians every week and, and still win because uh, I've got Curly Gittins Jr. on my roster, who I think is one of the top Canadian receivers in the league as well. But let's talk your fantasy picks for the week, everybody. Let's take a look at the quarterback position first of all. Uh, Nathan Rourke is now up to $14,000. The Rourke uh, stock market is through the roof. Um, You would need 35 fantasy points from him to hit that total. Well, he's averaged 32.3 and hit over 36 again last week. So uh, honestly, at this point, I'm strongly considering putting Nathan Rourke in. I always tinker and, you know, I tempt it a little bit. And then I look at the lineup and then I'm like, well, what happens if he fails? I think if you can find a couple other positions of cheap players that you are confident can hit a couple points over their value, put Nathan Rourke in your lineup because there's going to come a time when he's not hitting 30 points. Probably chances are, he's probably going to, if he doesn't, if you have a couple other guys, you're confident can pick up a few points to make up for it. It's worth putting him in your lineup. If you're not sold on the value plays, well then Rourke's not worth it is, is my simple statement on that. But the options I like, besides potentially Rourke this week, I like McLeod Bethel-Thompson at 91.81. 81 I think Bethel-Thompson is primed uh, for another good game here. He's been on a roll, like we talked about. He's also playing the Calgary Stampeders defense that got lit up by BC last week, that got lit up by the Bombers a couple of weeks ago, and is surprisingly giving up a lot of yards and points. So I do like Bethel-Thompson as a play, potentially this week. I also like... Uh, either Caleb Evans or Taylor Cornelius two running back or two quarterbacks that get a lot of running yards. They're also facing each other's defenses, which aren't great. Uh, so I'm kind of leaning in that direction. I really want to take a chance on Caleb Evans, a bounce back this week, because I think he showed some good success, but he did struggle in that game against Calgary. He's had a buy to review the footage. I'm expecting a bounce back against uh, an Elks team that uh, struggles a lot against the run, which could also mean struggling against a running quarterback. And then I don't know what you guys are thinking here, but Bowie by Mitchell keeps dropping in price at $7,047. And it's like, they're trying to tempt me and trying to convince me he's worth putting in my fantasy lineup. I just don't know if I can go there. Like he's averaging 13.1 on the season. It's getting close to what you need out of him. But uh, he's been struggling to put up the touchdowns or the big yardage there. He doesn't run the ball. And then uh, you got to see the depth charts yet. Yeah, perhaps a, a cheap play at Matt Schultz if you're looking for a really cheap play. So that's kind of how I see the quarterback landscape this week. Uh, how about
1: you guys, Trey? Who are you looking
0: at as your quarterback for week 11?
1: Oh man, you should see my potential lineup right now. It's nasty just because I have Nathan Rourke at quarterback and then it drops off from there, like the next highest, uh, salary I have is five thousand three hundred right now. So I, I'm, but things are getting tight in our league, man. It's it's real tight. Oh man, if I don't go with, uh, I think right now I'm gonna go with the nasty lineup with Nathan Rourke and a bunch of five thousands and less, and see what can happen this week. But if I did have to go elsewhere, Bethel Thompson, what you save, big chunk, you save like seven five thousand dollars. That's a good play. Cornelius, like you said, I don't mind Evans. I don't mind that Bo. If you had a couple more touchdowns, I'd maybe lean towards Bo, but you never know what's going to go on in Toronto. Adam,
2: yeah, right now I've got uh, I've got Nathan Rourke. Even though I did call him a cheat code for Ryan, I will still take him right now in my uh, in my fantasy because let's face it, I need to be Kura somehow. Uh, that being said, I'm thinking also I may have to go uh, if I don't take Nathan Rourke. I change my mind to what I'm building. I'm probably looking at Bo Levi-Mitchell. He's playing an Eastern Division opponent. That should be enough to go and give him a couple of extra points uh, just because usually the East Division opponents usually get lit up a little bit by the West Division opponents, and Calgary's probably PO'd they lost that game against BC. So Angry Bo or Nathan Rourke is probably the two choices I've got.
0: Let's take a look at the running backs this week. Uh, Jamal Morrow's the most expensive at 89-12. Uh, there's a lot of question marks for running back this week because we don't know who's back from injury quite yet. We don't know who's in the lineup. It looks like James Butler is back in the lineup this week uh, and should be starting uh, over in Ottawa. William Powell is out due to injury this week. I think it remains to be seen. Is it Devontae Williams who's been a healthy scratch sliding back in as the starting running back? Is it Jackson Bennett? A real cheap play at 2,500 who has gotten some reps the last couple of weeks. We'll need to check the depth charts on that. Calgary, is Kadeem Carey ready to go? He's, I think, been limited a couple days in practice. If not, Dietrich Mills probably gets the start over there. Uh, Hamilton, you would think Don Jackson gets the, the number one job, but Sean Thomas Erlington plays a little in there still as well. Montreal, Is it Antwi? Is it Walter Fletcher? Is it uh, uh, Tavian Feaster? Uh, How do you know? And uh, Toronto, we're waiting to see which uh, running back gets the bulk of the carries here in the absence of Andrew Harris. So, yeah, I've pretty much run through every team here. And I don't uh, have a definitive answer on who the starting running back is for a lot of these at this point in time. So it's kind of hard to talk about. But the options I do like, I probably will put whoever the starting running back for Toronto is, whether it's AJ Olette or Daniel Edibaboye, uh into the lineup, $4,000 or $3,500. I think that's pretty cheap. I think that's pretty good for a potential starter here who uh, I think they will still get involved decently well. I'm not sure I'm going Devontae Williams at $4,000, but if Jackson Bennett's available as the starter at 2500 he's had a couple decent games in a row uh for ottawa facing an elks defense that sucks against the run i kind of like the really cheap chance on a jackson bennett uh and then in terms of top running backs this week you know i'm probably looking at don jackson because i think again hamilton will try to get him more involved in the passing game he's got the red zone threat potential there for him that's kind of the options i like at running back this week one, a couple I really don't are Jamal Morrow and James Butler, high-priced options because they've both had real dips in in, in point totals as the season has gone along. Like they're still averaging, you know, over sixteen points each, but it seems like they've been it's been a little while since we've gotten touchdowns out of them, and that really hurts your your totals here. Uh, and uh, you got to make sure they're going to be used if you're spending that much money on them. So. That's what I see at running back this week. Uh, let's start with you, Adam. Uh, what do you What do you see here?
2: Well, you're right, Ryan. I don't like Jamal Morrow. Reason being, you don't know what Jason Moss is going to call this week if he decides I don't want to go and run the ball, which seems to be often lately. I don't like Jamal Morrow's chances here. I don't mind maybe even looking at a really cheap ball, but he's not that cheap either. It's Frankie Hickson. I, I ran with him once to try to see what I can get out of that. I know he's healthy and he's ready to go this week. But the other thing is BC is very good against the run. Uh, So is Saskatchewan, especially if they're going to get healthy on the defensive line. So I don't like James Butler. I am looking at AJ Ulet as well. uh, See what he can bring out of Toronto uh, to see if he can pick up some points for me. And uh, you mentioned also in Ottawa there, uh, the uh, $2,500 option of Jackson Bennett. I think he could be a pickup as well. If he is the starter, or even if he gets any reps, essentially he doesn't have to make a whole lot to pay up that twenty five hundred bucks. So either one of those, possibly, um, yeah, I'm avoiding the big big money this
1: week, Trey. No, I um, I agree. I have a uh, AJ Ulet, and that one, of course, will be pending depth chart. But my other one, pending depth chart, I have Joshua Antry. Uh, So I'll probably go with – I'm trying to stay – other than Rourke and one other guy we'll talk – or two other guys later I'll talk about. I'm trying to stay away from the West because you don't know what's going to happen in BC, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton. You don't know what's going to happen. In Calgary, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. So some of these positions – I like the uh, Hamilton and Montreal game. You could could see some fantasy points there uh, when two bottom feeder teams kind of meet off, right? It could be a 45-45 shootout kind of like BC – Calgary was, uh, or it could be uh, 10-9. So you never know. So, But yeah, Antwi and Ouellette right now, but we'll see when depth charts come out. Yeah, that is the the finicky
0: thing with fantasy football is a lot can depend on who's in the lineup, uh, especially at a position like wide receiver, which we move on to next here. Uh, As usual, I'll let you guys go through and tell me who you've got in your lineups here at this position. Uh, Let's start with you, Adam. Uh, What are you looking at at wide receiver this week?
2: I'm looking at three guys that I'm just kind of trying to save within my fantasy bucks uh, due to the fact that I'm looking at picking up a Nathan Rourke this week. Uh, The three guys I'm looking at right now is Jake Weneke. He had a pretty good game there uh, last week against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I think uh, probably he's going to continue that with the Hamilton Tiger against the Ticats. I do like uh, Weneke. The other one also that I'm looking at is Keon Hatcher. He didn't have as big of a game maybe against the Calgary Peters as others. He still had a pretty good game, though, and I do like him as well for fantasy, especially up against the Saskatchewan Roughriders secondary, But sometimes lets that big uh, play once in a while go through. Another guy that I'm looking at is another Montreal Alouette is Tyson Filippo. Uh He's going to break it one of these games. I don't know which one it is. He's either going to break a touchdown for a return or he's going to get a touchdown in receiving. He's been getting better and better and better every week. I think that he's going to start pushing on um, uh uh Hergiyu Her- Miala out of the position that he's in and is going to fill that probably sooner than later. So, I think that might be also an interesting uh option on wide receiver. Again, because I'm picking up some of the uh, some of the big money up on my quarterback, I can't afford a whole lot in receiver. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, Trey, what are you looking at?
1: As of now, I'm going for a hunch play, and uh, you're not you're not seeing double. I'm going to have two Philpots take up my receiver uh, positions, and only be five thousand dollars there. So you know. Um, I like what Tyson's doing in Montreal, but if you, if I believe, if you watched CFL Wired Up this week, Jalen almost took one, and uh, people were commenting on the sidelines. Oh, I think the twin would have taken it back, so he might go for one here or there. You know, having a little brotherly competition. Uh, I know I would always want if my brother was a CFL kick returner, I would definitely try to up show him every time I have. So that's where I'm going there, and my flex. Right now, I got Loxley. Uh, You know, it's always a weird play with him. You never know what you can have. That one's interchangeable. I'm not too confident in it. Just kind of where I am with uh, salary cap right now. Yeah, it seems like uh, a lot of the cheaper
0: options are the way to go this week. Of course, if you do want to spend up for Nathan Rourke, you kind of have to. I like what both of you said about uh, Tyson and Jalen Philpott. I've been, been toying with putting one of them in my lineup for weeks, and then I always try to guess, well, which one should I put in, and then I don't know which one's going to have the better week, and then I panic and I pick neither of them. So uh, you kind of avoid that option, if you uh, that scenario. If you pick them both like Trey, you got to get one of them is going to have a big week. Uh, of the two, I really like Jalen Philpott because uh, he put up 20 points last week. He gets involved on the kickoff returns. Uh, if there's injuries at wide receiver in Calgary, he should get uh, some good play time there as well. But, uh, you know, looking at the the wide receiver charts, uh, shout out to Dominic Rhymes, who is now the most expensive at 96.84. Uh, the whole time we've been doing this segment, he's probably scored five more touchdowns. Uh, it's really hard to pick those BC receivers now. They're so expensive. Uh, Brian Burnham, I kind of like at eighty-seven fifty-three. if you can spend up. You know, he had a monster game last week coming back uh, from injury the past couple. But maybe like uh, Adam said, I think, uh, you know, Keon Hatcher is the safer play because he's a little bit cheaper there. And you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, on the Hamilton side of things, I like Stephen Dunbar at 74-22 still. I know he had a down week last week. I like Tim White for more of a role in that offense with Braylon Addison out at sixty-nine eighty-six. That played out really well for me last week with him. Uh, scrolling down the list here. One guy that really intrigues me is Nate Bahar of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And that's a guy I'm strongly considering putting in my lineup because I think, you know, playing Edmonton, coming off the bye, I'm expecting a bounce back from Caleb Evans. Do I maybe want to spend, you know, $7,000, $8,000 on Jalen Acklin? I don't know. It burned me last time. So maybe uh, you go a couple thousand dollars cheaper and take Nate Bihar, who's averaging 11 points a game on the season uh, and put up 14.8 his last time out. has had a couple good games there in a row uh, for them. Uh, and then scrolling down the rest of the list, yeah, the, the ones I'm strongly considering there are, are the Philpots, uh, as you guys mentioned, as well as the cheap plays. This week at wide receiver. Well, taking a look over at the defensive side of it, uh, Calgary is the most expensive at just under $4,000. BC is at just over $3,600. Toronto at 3524 Saskatchewan at 3476 Ottawa at 3401 Then your bottom play defenses are Montreal, Hamilton, and Edmonton at 3200 Sorry, Adam, cover your ears here, but I think BC might be the optimal play this week, at at least in my eyes, if you can fit them in. Uh, We saw Saskatchewan's offensive line struggle pretty big against Edmonton last week. BC is one of the top teams uh, in terms of uh, defensive sacks, uh, where I guess sacks are always defensive. Um, And, you know, a number of defensive stats. Yeah, they put up, I think, a zero total last week with a big score against Calgary, but uh, I think they've got a high-quality defense that could cause some disruption there. Then, other than that, I don't know. I struggle with what direction to go here at defense. I always like to, you know, try to recommend one of the bottom-play ones here, and uh, maybe I don't know here, guys. Maybe it's Montreal. You know, probably I'm leaning towards Montreal. Is Matt Schiltz, you know, uh, confident in his? Are we confident in his play? Are we confident in Dane Evans? We saw Montreal rack up some sacks against the Bombers last week. So uh if you're looking for a cheap play, that might be the one to go with. Let's go to you here. First Trey, uh, who do you have on defense
1: this week? I have to go with the team that kept the back to back defending Grey Cup champions under twenty points through sixty minutes and one overtime uh frame, I guess, you know. Hard to it's kind of I understand it's a season long thing, but it's kind of hard to see a team Montreal do do have the defensive game they did against Winnipeg and then go against Hamilton and you're still a cheap team. So I'm going to go with Montreal. Again, I'm saving, uh, I'm saving my pennies, extra pennies, so I can buy a plane ticket to Nathan Rourke's Hall of Fame uh, induction in Hamilton later this year. Uh, Adam, what about you?
2: I'm looking at two options here. The first one, uh, again, Saskatchewan fans, you might want to cover your ears. I'm going to say it. I'm going to take the BC lines right now. Until uh, the riders can actually prove to me that they've got an offensive line that can hold uh, more than a three-man front, I'm going to probably take the team that's against the riders uh, just because I can see a lot of sacks coming against them. The other team that I'm looking at uh, Trey, you mentioned them is the Montreal Alouettes. And that's because of the play of, I think it's Mike Moore, I believe. Uh, Great plays uh, deserve to be recognized. And he is a guy that has, should be recognized on that Montreal's defense as a threat. And if he can keep it going against a Hamilton team, that again is a little bit a little bit wishy-washy on which quarterback is going to be in. I think it's a good chance there for the Montreal defense to uh, capitalize. The other ones, I mean, Saskatchewan—they're going to get some pieces back. You never know; they might be able to put some pressure up on Nathan Rourke. Let's hope so. But again, Nathan Rourke has just been absolutely insane so far this season. Uh, the main reason why I'm taking BC, though, is one reason. Every time I take a defense, that defense explodes and implodes, and it just goes right down and that means that Saskatchewan should win this game and that's my theory and I'm sticking to it
0: uh, Chris in the chat says uh Darth Vader size uh no Adam uh I guess does not like uh does not like that pick uh that, that suggestion there uh I think that's it for fantasy this week uh over uh here for that segment um i'm just gonna get adam to reconnect his video here i think it's a bit frozen adam if you could do that that would be great while we get into our betting segment our picks against the spread powered by Betstamp. stamp of course you can track our picks on the Betstamp app app every single week over uh, you can find us in the marketplace there uh, cf countdown pod is the username Uh, And visit BetStamp.app today to learn more about it and use our referral code, CFC, to sign up for that. And uh, we bring Adam back in. Video's unfrozen. We're ready to go. And we hand things over to resident betting expert, Trey, to take us through this segment.
1: Yeah, guys, I I forgot to make my fancy slides this week, so that's okay. But uh, first game of the week, uh, doubleheader on Friday. We first go to Ottawa, where the Edmonton Elks, Ah, uh, road dogs plus four and a half. This is an interesting game. How you give Ed, give Edmonton the underdog here. I wonder if I wonder if there's going to be some weird stats that will change once the depth charts come out. Kind of like we saw last week with Toronto Hamilton. Oh, I guess I gotta take Edmonton at the plus four and a half. I think they're the better team, but they're the underdog. So when that happens, you gotta take those. Uh, take those odds. Let's go with Ryan.
0: Yeah, I saw this. I looked at these odds this week, and I was uh, kind of floored to see uh, that big of a favorite for Ottawa here because we're talking about a two-win football team in Edmonton and a one-win football team in Ottawa. Nothing to write home about for either of them. Uh, Where Edmonton's two wins are against the East, I think they might be undefeated against the East, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, We're at least two two and one, if that. They haven't had a ton of games out East. And Ottawa hasn't won a home game in bloody forever, so I was shocked to see that Edmonton was the underdogs in this one. And yeah, I saw that and said, yeah, I'm taking Edmonton at those odds. And you know, the 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 best odds from Betstamp here, uh, if you're gonna pick, uh, well, either side of the spread here is uh is you know pays out uh 1.91 from Coolbet. I, I think that's you bet ten dollars. I believe you get nine dollars and ten. Uh, sense is the the additional you can win there. Um, but even, and I, I was appalled at the money line pick on this one too, which was a 2.75. Like that's that, it seems to me like everybody's discounting Edmonton. And I think that, like you said, Trey, I think they're the better team almost. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the Elks this week. So, uh, Adam, are, are you making it a, a full consensus here? Are you going the other direction?
2: No, I'm going to make it a full consensus too, because. I think the Edmonton Elks are a better team than the Ottawa Red Blacks. They had a little bit more consistency last week. Taylor Cornelius could seem to move the ball a little bit easier. Kenny Lawler had a pretty good game overall. Uh, They just ended up shooting themselves in the foot more than anything. If they can get over that, this game should almost be a walk for the Edmonton Elks as far as I'm concerned. So, no, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Elks this week. And whoever the uh, – I'm sorry for the owners of the Ottawa Red Blacks, if I insulted you, but no, the Edmonton Elks are just probably the better team and way better odds for the Edmonton Elks right now.
1: Sounds good guys. Yeah. We very, let's see. How... Let's see about this next game. I think we're going to a little split on this one. Um, The finale on Friday night, <clears throat> late game starts at nine way past my bedtime on a Friday night, but we'll see BC on the road favored. Uh, we have different odds up on yours. You have a best that, Five and a half, minus five and a half for BC on my phone right now. I have a minus four and a half on something called party pokers. So I don't know if our websites are just different. Because I'll take four and a half if you guys will allow me, or do I have to take the five and a half? I, I think we gotta go off the best odds here on the podcast. Yeah. Nope, that's fine. I'll do uh, I'll take minus five and a half on BC. Uh on my personal one, though. If anyone looks, I did just click minus four and a half. Uh yeah, I I'm sorry, Adam. I think BC's just a touchdown or two better, but Watch me be wrong. Uh, Ryan, let's go to you first so Adam can just stew a little bit uh, when we don't take Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Adam's pick is not going to matter for the consensus here. Again, uh, I'm taking the Lions at minus five and a half. This one was the easiest game of the week for me. Uh, I think uh, as Adam sits from the Riders Cup again. It's no offense to your football team, good sir. It is just I am... Very high on the Lions, everything they've done. Nobody has really shut them down yet, and I don't think the Riders are going to be the team to do it. Uh, so they're at minus five and a half from Cool Bet. Uh, you could go Saskatchewan at plus six and a half from Bet 99 to get your best payout out there. Uh, but I uh, I'm going the Lions side of this one. Uh, Adam, are you you joining us, or are you sticking with your guys in green?
2: I've been drinking the green Kool-Aid all night long over all of this, and Uh, You know what? Those games that people think should be the team that should win, again, in this one, it should be the BC Lions. They are a very good football team right now. They've got one of the best quarterbacks that this league's seen in many of years. They've got a receiving core that's together that right now I think rivals some NFL teams. uh, And they've got a defense that's very, very, very good. You know what? That's the time, as uh, Mark Trestman said in the 2008 Great Cup, we got them right where we want them. I'm going to take the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to cover this. I'm not sure if they're going to beat them, but I definitely know that they're going to cover this uh, six and a half points. I can see the riders getting a little bit healthier. They're going to bring in all put all the stops to it. And the riders don't like losing at home. Let's face it. It's going to be a big rocking crowd. The Madhouse at Mosaic. I'm going to go with the Rough Riders. And when I'm right next week, I'm going to have a big smirk of my face.
0: Uh, I just want to mention a comment in the chat here from uh, Chris that says, does BC now take first in the West? A big win this week while well, Winnipeg's on a bye when, you know, you're making up one of those games would certainly help. I think it's going to be competitive down the stretch. and uh, But they got to win this week against Saskatchewan. That's going to take a hit on that to, if they lose these games in
1: hand, right? Not exactly. I was just say, and the plus side is we're taking slightly different odds. We could be, both be right. You know, BC wins by six. We're both right, so Adam can sit there and say he was right, and we can say, yeah, but they still lost by six, right? So it's still a a win-win. It could be a win-win situation. But let's go to Saturday, on to to the next one here. Hamilton at Montreal, you guys have minus three Great, right. I love it. How my phone has different ad, uh, different, different. I, I, th- I think
0: we can reconfigure that a little bit afterwards. That's we'll... fine.
1: No, that's fine. That's fine. I'll still take Montreal minus three. Uh, we're hype. I'm hyping them up. I think this is their chance to take, you know, take over. Like I said, I don't think Toronto has got a good shot against Calgary, but, and the winner of this uh, uh, in wins could be tied with Toronto for first if they lose. Right. So I'm going to take Montreal at home minus three. That's interesting. Neutral site game. They think it's a pick em. No, the odd makers are wrong on this one. Adam, what do you think?
2: You know what? I've been looking at this one and I could see one team kind of on the rise and one team that I think is still going to fall a little bit just because of injuries, like I said earlier in the gay, uh, podcast. I think that I probably will go with the Montreal Alouettes and the reason being, again, they're at home. They've got a little bit of momentum on their side. I mean, you've got to have a lot of momentum on your side when you just finish beating the defending great cup champs. So to me... I'm going to go with Montreal Alouettes,
0: right? Yeah, Montreal minus three or Hamilton plus three and a half. This was the hardest game of the week for me, I think, to make a pick on because I don't know if I trust either of these teams to deliver a, a second straight win here. if I'm being honest, um, but Montreal, uh, I think their defense played very good the, last week. I think they have the potential to do so again, if they can keep the penalties down uh I will uh and the offense will hopefully step up a little bit more there as well. So I don't feel super confident in it, but uh I'll
1: I'll take Montreal at minus three in this one. Good stuff, good stuff and to the last game, Saturday night, 6 pm. <clears throat> Toronto or sorry, Calgary goes into Toronto. We didn't talk about it, but BMO is gonna get a little bit of work done because of the World Cup in a few years. so that might help out the Argos a little bit, you never know. This, I'm going to take Calgary minus two and a half. I think, I think we're going to get Mad Bow and Bow going to pick apart a part of Eastern team pretty like, yeah. And I think again minus two. See, I got some odds for minus two right now, minus two and a half. I this could be a touchdown plus game. I think for Calgary, so I'm going to go with Stamps. Ryan, what do you think?
0: Yeah, well, and just to touch on, you mentioned that you know the different odds there. That that's the beauty uh that's the beauty of uh, of this app right that bet stamp is that you can see the odds across all the different sports books you can prioritize the ones that work in your market things like that obviously there's different ones across them all um so uh, we're going off of these ones here we've got calgary minus two and a half or toronto plus two and a half I feel like I'm going to be in the minority here, but give me the Argos at plus two and a half. We've got good game, bad game, good game, bad game from Toronto. I think this last week was a bad one, which I'm expecting a good one. I have faith in McLeod Bethel Thompson, and I don't have a lot of faith right now in that Calgary offense. I think MBT outshines Bo Levi Mitchell in this game. I think uh, Calgary's special teams may, you know, make this interesting here and, and their defense. But uh, give me Toronto at home here for a uh, plus two and a half. I will take that gladly. You
2: know, I know we got it in the chat there. Uh, Richard had to say this is almost like pinning the tail on the donkey. I don't know where he came up with that idea, but, you know, it's pretty close. And this one here, though, this was actually my easiest pick of the week. Uh, I just have a funny feeling that Bo Levi-Mitchell is absolutely on a warpath right now for losing that game up against the BC Lions and giving Nathan Rourke an instant uh, nod to the Hall of Fame before he can make it there. So to me, I think that Bo is going to want to show that he's still one of the dominant quarterbacks of this league. He's got some pieces that will be back maybe for him. I don't know about Malik Henry. I think he will be. Richardson Danny. Hard to say on that. But I just have a feeling that Calgary is going to come in, absolutely torch the Argonauts, burn the boat, sink it into the uh, ocean, and never let them come back onto land again. I have a funny feeling that the Argonauts are in trouble in this one. I'm going to go with the Calgary Stampeders, and two and a half is just icing on the cake.
0: I like these games where you guys pick differently from me because then you have the consensus pick. And if you get it right, then I'm proud of you. And if you get it wrong, I'll never let you
1: hear the end of it. That's okay. That's okay, man. That's okay. Don't worry.
2: I won't let you hear the end of the rider one either. So,
1: <laughs> All right. So yeah, recap. We all took Edmonton plus four and a half brought to you, by. I was on cool bet. <clears throat> Move on to the later game. Uh, Ryan and myself took BC minus five and a half on cool bet. While Adam took six and a half on bet nine, and we all took Montreal minus three on cool bet. Oh man, it's really hot in my apartment right now. I wish I had something cool. And then the finale Calgary and Toronto, uh, Adam and I took Calgary minus two and a half. And uh, Ryan is uh, believing in the Beth- uh, Bethel Thompson here and um, see some magic. So, you each disagreed with me once, so, you know, we all can't go perfect this week, so that's too bad. Uh, and what are we looking at at our totals here uh, on the season coming in? Do you right. have those on hand? Right. No, I do. Give me one second. I, uh, I just do close we, Do that. we really
2: have to bring those up, Ryan? We, we really don't <laughs> man,
1: have to bring them up. Man, Adam, you were doing so good, man. Early on, man. I thought, I thought you were going to pass me for sure at one point.
2: Sorry, oh, I just got to go
1: through all the... the Threat gifts here um, <laughs> on the total here. So currently in third place, still over five hundred. It's it's uh, Adam Stewart, at twenty and nineteen. That uh that weird week where we only had a three game weeks keeping you above five hundred here, buddy. Uh, but that's okay. In second, our new second uh, place for the last week or two, Cooper Trooper here, Mister uh, Mister Ryan, at twenty two and seventeen. <clears throat> And currently the leader here, myself, twenty-four and fifteen. Me, me, and Ryan went two and two last week. While Adam went one and three. So keep that in mind if yeah, you're looking at our picks too. You know, hey, Adams, uh, Adams, ready for a hot streak, right? That's uh, usually what it means. And I gotta get four and
2: zero once. Once I just gotta get four and zero.
1: In terms of our consensus picks,
0: uh, since we started tracking those a couple weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, uh, we're six and six. So let's see if we can get that above 500 this week. Uh, That's hard. We're not all on the same page and somebody ends up uh, being in the right and somebody ends up being in the wrong on some of these. I think that pretty much does it for this episode of the podcast. So let's get into wrapping things up here tonight. I, I, again, I appreciate everybody sticking with us for the later start tonight. We do apologize the, for the, uh, the the rescheduling of our bonus episode, but uh, we assure you we will uh, we are hoping to have that come in the next week or two. Uh, and, uh, well, you'll have to wait till next week, I guess, to find out who it's going to be. And we're very excited about it. Uh, it should be a great episode uh, here tonight. Uh, we've had a lot of fun uh, reca- or previewing everything for week number 11. Of course, uh, storylines, fantasy, and uh, betting. And uh, you can uh, watch us do the same for week number 12. Right here again, same time, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Other time zones accordingly. Next Wednesday, Monday night, also we'll be recapping things at the same time from this week uh, here on the Canadian Football Countdown. You can catch all of those shows more and more live every week over on YouTube. I uh, you search the Canadian Football Countdown there, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, or the Game Time TV YouTube page. All made possible by presenting sponsor Game Time TV. Learn more at Facebook.com/GameTimeTVMB. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, as mentioned, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at CF Countdown Pod there. Make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Also, uh, for all of those shows, uh, guys, where
1: can people find you
0: as we end uh, everything you've got going on? Uh, let's start with you, Trey.
1: You can find me at Twitter at Trey MB Harness. Uh, yeah, if you ever want to talk horse racing, football. UFC this weekend, I'll probably be over uh, a couple big races this weekend. Queen's Plate, that's the Canadian Triple Crown uh, starter, goes at Woodbine, and something called the Gold Cup and Saucer, the biggest race in the Maritimes. If you ever out in uh, PEI, it's called Old Home Week. It's a whole provincial party basically centered around this horse race. So, uh, yeah, good times and USD. I can't remember the number. I never remember the number, but should be a good one if you want to tweet at me on Saturday and Sunday, but horse breaking USC, at MB Harness. And if you want to see me and Ryan uh, share Shrek gifts, and you want to see me and Adam share Star Wars gifts, that's where it's at. Adam.
2: Yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one Uh guys, I'll be at the rider game on Saturday. Or Saturday, on Friday. And Saturday would be a little late. Uh, but if you show up on Friday, hey, come and visit with me, say hi. See how things are going. And uh, yeah, don't worry. If you're wearing orange, I won't make fun of you too much. Maybe a little bit. But uh, no, you can find me at Adam Stewart one over on Twitter. If you want to find me over on Instagram, it's at FarmerInSask. Same thing over on the YouTube. I am on that one as well. And make sure you also give Mike Garrell a follow. He's over at, at Mike Garrow. Or you can also find him at GameTimeTVMB, I believe. So uh, yeah. Give both of us a follow, or hey, come visit with me over at the Ryder game here on Friday evening.
0: Right on, right on. Yes, uh, Trey, you did mention the uh, the Shrek gifs. Uh We, of course, did have a lot of fun uh, with a little bit of a gif war there about Shrek the other day. And it led to a bit of a debate amongst us at like one in the morning after uh, a game finished the other day. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to get into that now? Do we want to save it for another week? How are you feeling here, Trey?
1: I want to thank the two out of the three people who voted for the movie that I thought was better. So if that's all I got. Yeah. Two people thought Shrek the third was better. Um, one loser thought that Shrek forever after was better. So, you know, but OG be- one and two, OG one and two, you're not beating those two. That's Godfather and Godfather two right there. Anything after that, don't worry about
0: That's That's why three is just such a disappointment because one and two are so good. And like three and four, like four is not great either. But the bar is so low after number three that four is amazing.
1: I think if there's one line, we could get done to this all night. We're going to make this into a two hour show. There's one when you meet the the, the wizard, he's just unreal in the third one. I find him unreal, uh, Merlin, I think it is. Right? <laughs> And Merlin's so overdone. No, it's not. No, it's not. He is so funny. When he says when he calls uh Justin Timberlake's character a nutcase, it's it's unreal, guys. I never never mind. We're just we're never gonna agree to this, Ryan. Never gonna no, agree. No, we're, to we're this. not.
2: I can't help you guys in this one to debate it either because you know I've only seen the one.
1: So Oh, you gotta watch the second one, buddy. Yeah, come on. I'll give you my Amazon account number, man. You can <laughs> Oh,
2: I got an Amazon. I just never watched the second oh, one. Oh
0: man, you gotta watch and the you're second participating one. in the Shrek Gif war, like
2: but only with OG ones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well i a- oh when you said puss in boots to him earlier, that's who he was. He probably was, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't the first one. Puss in boots isn't in the first no, one. No, he's not out of that. Was he? no oh
2: uh, maybe that's because i watched the push with boots movie for some reason
0: okay adam here's what you do chris in the chat has some advice for you you go down to your local walmart you find the dvd bin you jump in there just dive face first and you pick out the f- uh, the five but five dollar bin trek movies and then you report back to us uh, maybe we'll have a shrek watch party or something here mm-hmm. one of these weeks but you gotta watch them I, like I,
1: I think I still have the tape, the VHS of the original ones kicking around my parents' house, man. I got to go find that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we, we've updated at least a beta player over in uh, Saskatchewan, Trey. We're quite fine with all VHSs, just saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like a
0: DVD ball pit, says Richard. I agree. Yep, that's what the Walmart bin is. Um, yeah, Shrek, a thing. Shrek. Shrek 1 though, Shrek 1 or Shrek 2 greatest movie of all time, like no doubt at all. So if you ever want to talk about Shrek, if you ever want to talk about CFL, CFL fans, you can follow me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. And we can talk about any of those and all of those things there. As the guys uh, mentioned, Uh, lots of, lots of fun with the Twitter interactions there.
1: Uh, Anybody have anything else they wanted to mention before we wrap it up? Nope. We're good to go. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. The Mandalorian is also the greatest star Wars of all time. And Adam still hasn't seen it. And Ryan, yeah, I don't want to talk to you about Star Wars. It's okay. Ryan, hey, if I'm
2: going to watch 3 and 4, 2, 3, and 4, Ryan's got to start watching, I think, at least the first trilogy. Doesn't he, Trey?
1: Like the original trilogy? Yeah, everyone knows It's not happening. I missed the boat. It's too far. No.
2: <laughs> not a chance.
1: <laughs> well, then, you know what? Then, uh, then uh, Ryan, I think I side with Adam on that Canadian quarterback uh, thing after all
0: it's okay i'll start a second canadian it's fine it's fine i think Uh, we
2: should pull his points anybody else
0: (laughs) yeah you can submit it to the commissioner but i have a feeling uh i know that i know our league commissioner pretty well and i have a feeling he will deny your requests for that uh but you can try uh lots of fun lots of laughs here tonight Uh, i think we are about finished here folks thanks to everybody who chimed in in the chat all night long lots of fun comments to interact with always always appreciate the people who tag along with us live Uh, whatever podcast platform you're watching or listening on we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like comment subscribe rate review share the show with your friends help us grow the show we very much always appreciate that Uh, Stay tuned uh, next week for more fun here on the podcast. And until then, enjoy this weekend's games. Thanks for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.